listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's spotlight Saquon Barkley. Continue on the path to the draft with a great friend of the program, Lance Zerline. You'll see him on NFL Network and NFL.com with all the analysis you need to know as we get closer to the draft in Arlington, Texas. Lance, always a pleasure. Let's start under center. Which of the college quarterbacks do you believe in the most? Who do you think is going to be the best pro? I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. Um, he's the one I believe in the most, without question. I mean, to me, it's not really that close. I think Baker is the, the next one that, that probably feels the safest, although there's some, you know, some, some physical reservations. And, and there's some things that, that maybe from a maturity standpoint haven't been great here during the process. <laughs> With Darnold, I just, you know, I just don't buy all the way into Sam Darnold as a leader of men. And that comes from talking to people inside that UCLA program. With Josh Allen, you got size, you got arm talent, but, but you don't have a lot of really good tape. You just don't have the play of people around him. So that's a question. And I think Lamar Jackson is probably the ultimate wild card because we get to the bad offense coordinator. You know, I shouldn't say bad. An offense coordinator, an assistant that doesn't really fit him. It's, it's going to be a major, major problem. If he does get with someone who really, truly understands how to use him and they do a good job of putting him in position to do what he does best, well, I mean, he's got a chance to, to really make a ton of big, splashy plays. Lance, how much has this move with Tyrod Taylor somewhat reshuffled how you actually think about the quarterback position, especially when it comes down to the Cleveland Browns? Uh, not that much. Cordell, not that much, because I think it was always going to, okay, it does one of two things. I think it puts potentially Baker Mayfield, not Baker, but um, I think it puts uh, Lamar Jackson in play with them in the second round. And the reason I say that is because I think you can run a similar offensive concept with your starter and your backup, and it's a good way to have Lamar Jackson learn behind a guy who has been a starting quarterback. I don't think Tyrod Taylor, I don't think this basically is Cleveland saying we're not going to take quarterback. I don't think that at all. I think if anything, it's something that was going to have to happen, which is get a veteran so that you don't have to rush a quarterback at that position. So it doesn't really change my opinion. I think you could still go quarterback and let that quarterback sit for at least a year. But by, by giving up a third round pick, it does make me think that they might be more willing to wait a year and a half to even two years for a quarterback. And let's remember, John Dorsey was part of that Green Bay staff that did just that when they were waiting a long time for Aaron Rodgers. Chatting with Lance Zerline from NFL Network. Lance, as you examine the potential pros and cons of Josh Rosen, I guess there's a real possibility the Giants could take him with the number two overall pick. What do you think NFL teams are more concerned about? The notion that he has strong opinions, and that's well-documented, a polarizing personality, or all the injuries he suffered on campus at UCLA? No, I think, I think injuries and his physical build is a concern. But I think a bigger concern is going to be whether or not people just have a good feel for him as a leader in the locker room. That was the big knock on him at college. And I talked to a general manager who was in need of a quarterback who spoke with him. And I said, what you, what you think of the guy? What, what kind of feel did you get? He goes, honestly, I just didn't get a great feel, you know, a positive feel. Seemed a little arrogant, a little bit smug. He said, of course, you know, that's what we had heard about him from our area. Um, our area scout, but I think that's what he's going to have to battle some. He's going to have to battle the, the perception that he is a guy who's a little bit aloof and may not click in that locker room. And as you guys know, 
that is a big part of those intangibles. A big part of being a leader is, is having guys rally around you. You speaking of guys rallying around someone, Saquon Barkley, I've been a big part of and a big stickler of having him go to a team like the Cleveland Browns. Do you think this move again with Tyrod Taylor justifies that that maybe they may grab him as the number one pick in the friend in the first round and then maybe grab that quarterback in the fourth or somewhere else in the second round? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I uh I had Saquon going number one to Cleveland in my in my last mock that came out uh just last week. And the reason simple. He's the best player on the board. And I don't think most people are going to dispute that. And if you have a generational talent, potentially, why not go back-to-back with Miles Garrett, who had that same potential on the, defense, on the defensive side, and then Saquon on the offensive side, and say, hey, we're just going to get blue-chip players, we're going to stick them in there, and we'll figure the rest out. But you win championships by getting great players. You don't get cute and finesse it and say, well, we need a quarterback, so let's draft quarterbacks. Losers draft for need. Winners draft great players. So you, if you really want to change the culture in Cleveland, you better go get special players when you have the first and fourth pick. So figure the quarterback thing out. And I think that's what Tyrod Taylor does. It buys them the ability to not reach in this draft. Getting you set for the draft with our pal Lance Erlon, NFL Network, NFL.com. Lance, to take it back to last year, it was a bumper crop of talent at the receiver position. Uh, Bunch of marquee names going in the first round. Comparatively, what's your assessment of the receivers this year? Not as impressed. Not as impressed at all. I think uh, <clears throat> I think there's some quality talent, but not high end. Uh, to be honest with you, you've got Calvin Ridley, who I like a lot, but he is a little bit he's a little bit thin by wide receiver one standards. Uh, he is going to be 24 years old entering the season as a rookie, and that's not a big deal to me because he's very polished as a route runner. Um, I think he's explosive and, you know, he has the ability to get open because of that explosiveness and that route running. I think the, the one concern I have with, with Ridley is with all, you know, Alabama players, do they, do they max out on the, uh, on the college level? We just, we've seen a substantially high percentage of players who don't get a lot better on the next level. Now, when you look at, you know, beyond that, I'm a fan of Deion Kane from Clemson. I don't see as many people who have him rated as high as I do, which is in the second. But then again, I'm not as high on Christian Kirk as other people. I don't see Christian Kirk as a first-round talent. I see him as a good football player, but I think there's a value for him, which is that of a, of a slot receiver, and I'm, I feel fairly confident. And I know there's some other NFL teams that feel the same way I do and feel like he's really being overvalued by the media as a first-round uh, projection. So, I like Christian Kirk. I think he's a solid player. I like Dante Pettis from Washington. I think he's solid. Cortland Sutton was a little disappointing to me from SMU when I studied him on tape. But I think there's DJ Chark is a, is a fast riser but has a low floor and a, and a pretty good ceiling. So I think there's a bunch of solid guys with potential, but I don't see those home runs other than Calvin Ridley. And even Calvin, Calvin Ridley is not a, a perfectly clean prospect with check marks across the board. Lance, I heard you mention things about Josh Rosen that you wasn't necessarily 100% buying into. But when it comes to his talent and having uh, coaches like the, the Jim Moore Juniors uh, in his corner, uh, you have the mm-hmm. Jed Fish, who actually had the experience in the National Football League. Does those uh, moments in time with being coached help him when transitioning to the National Football League? I think it depends on what they're telling other evaluators, Cordell. I mean, 
it depends on if they truly are in his corner when they when they are off the record and they're speaking to NFL teams and guys they know, or are they on the record or off the record saying something different than what you hear publicly? I think that's a big part of the process. Here's the other thing. No one's going to be cleaner from a technique standpoint. Great footwork, elite tennis player when he was young, so his feet are just really beautiful. Uh, his setup's nice, quiet delivery. I mean, there's, and you know this. I mean, you, you look out there and you see a pretty prospect really pretty on the hoof in terms of the way he gets set up and delivers the ball. I don't think he has a big arm. I think it's, I think it's okay. And he has had issues with deep ball accuracy uh, since he's been a starter at UCLA for whatever reason. But here's what really bothers me. Sam Darnold, if he needs to check down and take the simple throw and move on to the next play, it's a no-brainer for Sam Darnold. He'll be more than happy to do that. That doesn't mean he's devoid of – mistakes because he has 20 interceptions in his last 20 games. That's not good. But it's not because he's forcing things. I think it's because he doesn't always see the coverage the way he needs to, which is a separate issue. Josh Rosen takes a ton of sacks, and they are easy checkdowns available to him, and he still takes sacks. That is a selfish play. You've got to move on to the next play and stop playing hero ball if you're Josh athlete like Baker Mayfield Donald Allen or Lamar Jackson, who can extend. He's got to stay in rhythm, and he's not doing that. Lance, always a pleasure. Thanks for giving us a few minutes again today on the NFL on TuneIn. No problem. Thanks, fellas. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.